Welcome to the What If Podcast with uh, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Coprude. Hey, buddy. Oh, no, it got all stopped. You. Got you. Oh, God, we got fucking shotgunned into it. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> got him. Got him. Uh, fuck yeah, man. How are you, buddy? That's the quickest intro ever. We're in it, guys. Welcome. It's the, it's the What If Podcast. <laughs> All up in your earballs. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, you know, the huge. I feel like... Train, uh, training to run my balls off. I feel like we need someone... That, we need the squad that made Conspencer dunk to make Conspencer run. It's going a lot better than Duncan, I tell you what. Fucking A, crowbar. I think they're correlated, though. I, I also tell you what. Dunk, Duncan and running? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. More leg strength, less Wh- b- less belly. How many weeks away from your race are you? Mm, what's today? The thirteenth. Yeah. Uh, I got about six weeks. Okay. I ran eight miles on Sunday. Nonstop. Yeah. D- didn't jog. Didn't walk. Well, I mean, well, jog. I'm not exactly running fast. Yeah. But yeah. At but the pace that I plan to run the race at. And you're doing you're doing a full fourteen or twelve or shit thirteen point three. You're close. What's what's twenty? Tw- oh no, twenty six two thirteen point one. Nailed right. it. There we go. I was for some, I thought I did think it was twenty six six. By the way, I'm not that bad at divide, <laughs> dividing twenty six point two. I that's thought it was twenty six six to start, and then I was like, no, that's not right. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting close. I, I mean, I, I'm not ever going to actually run the thirteen before I run the thirteen. Are you not? No. Are you not supposed to? Mm. Why not? Nah, no, there's no point. You're just gonna tire yourself oh, out. I don't know about all that. <laughs> nah. Like, really? Yeah, as long as I do a, a twelve like the week before. Okay. Eleven or twelve, uh, is, I don't remember. I mean I got I gotta run once it's twelve, what's thirteen? Am I right? I gotta run ten the weekend of your bachelor party, by the way. That's gonna be interesting. I don't know when that's gonna happen. <laughs> just be drunk the whole time. <laughs> It's not going to be, it, you actually, it's more effective if you don't run straight because you cover more distance. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm just weaving the whole time, Your it's not going to take me that gonna, long. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, you'll yeah. be fine. Total distance cover. It's not like straight line distance, you know? You know what we're going to do? We're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be on a golf course in Northern Minnesota playing like a drunken 18 and you're just going to have to run the 18 <laughs> holes twice. You'll meet us at the, yeah. at the last hole and be like, oh, he's back again. How'd it every, go? Every five minutes you're going to see me run by and just <laughs> Like smack a ball without stopping, just drop. I'm just, kick. I'm just be carrying one five iron with me on on the whole run. Drop kick the golf cart and keep it moving. <laughs> I'll see you next time. <laughs> oh shit! Just do the happy go more as I go by. <laughs> Rocket a ball. Uh, Ryan, we have a couple voicemails. Would you like to hear them? Let's hear from the people. Okay. We do voicemails, guys, at 612-246-4614. If you want to give us a call, you can leave show suggestions. You can bullshit. You can tell us stories. You certainly can. Uh, and I think we have some of that fodder today. Hey, boys. My uh, This is Michael Dottie from uh, Alabama. Hi, Michael. Uh, my fiance is already asleep, so I can't call her and tell her goodnight. So I'm going to call my other fiance, which is you guys. Uh, uh, for Ryan's picture and the, the dog, the dog one, the, the other co, the other host. Good night. I love you. All time favorite voicemail because oh it is for God, me. Stops. Oh my 
my god, it's Tops. <laughs> Fuck yes, Michael. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure we need a new T-shirt that just says your other fiance, <laughs> or or the dog and the other dog. Uh, <laughs> bro, that made me so fucking happy. Yeah, it's really good. Oh my it's really god, strong. my fiance is already asleep, so I had to call up my father, other fiance to say goodnight. That's you guys, Brian and Spencer, and the dog and the other dog. Fucking Michael. You don't know how bad I needed that today, and <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. God, that's awesome. Yeah, I fucking well, love you guys so much. One other pretty solid one. Which one was it? Uh, oh, yeah. The one that doesn't have a transcription. Here we go. What up, Dad Dogs? Uh, Matt Levy here. You can share all this if you want. What up, Matt? Um, Good, because it's too late. A, I'm going to make this quick, because <laughs> I also there, emailed you guys. I don't want to annoy you too much. I am a music mixer and a music producer in mm. Los Angeles. Uh, I mix um, such shows as The Voice and American Idol. Sick. And uh, last aren't music. year, uh, well, we were filming Hollywood Week but for also. American Idol, and they put us up in a studio room whose window faced a super creepy hotel. Uh, it gave me the heebie-jeebies, so I Googled it, and it was called the Cecil Hotel. That sounds creepy. If you don't know anything about the Cecil Hotel, definitely read about it because holy fucking shit. Uh, (laughs) Mysterious uh, disappearances. We're talking the Night Stalker lived there. We're talking possessions. We're talking they had actual footage of that chick who went missing and was found dead in the water tank. Uh, they they have footage of her running away from shit and acting weird. And what it's supposed to be one fuck? of the most haunted places in L.A. And you guys definitely have to check it out because I need to hear someone make fun of this before production puts me up next to this thing again. <laughs> because it is definitely freaking me out. Um, all right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, Matt. Thanks for listening, bro. Thanks for calling. Are you familiar with this at all? It sounded like you maybe weren't based on your reactions. No, I I mean, like, I've heard of the Cecil Hotel, but I don't know anything about it outside of the Cecil Hotel. Should we... Hey, guys, we're coming to Los Angeles on October 30th to do a live show. True story. Uh, should we save the Cecil Hotel and talk about it? The hauntings of the Cecil Hotel so, uh, for, our, for our... No? Well, here's mm. the thing. It's all, like... Oh, a big old bummer. Oh. It's like, this person died, that person died, this person died, and that person died. Well. <laughs> well. Let me let me uh, read the, like, what's the line below the headline in an article? The lead? Yes. The, is maybe? that right? I don't know anything about anything. The lead is like the, the intro that tells the crux of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, it's, that's what I was looking for. I think that's the one. This is from allthatsinteresting.com about the Cecil Hotel. A mother threw her newborn out the window. A man was killed by a falling woman, and a decomposing body was found in a water tank. Bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The rule of no bummers has been broken. So this is downtown LA. It's like 7th and Main, I think. I don't remember. I don't remember where. I just know it's downtown. Uh, It's currently closed as of, I think, about two years ago. Okay. I didn't know it. I honestly, I didn't know it was open. <laughs> it, well, it rebranded in like in 20, 
mid 2010s. Oh, okay. As a like hostile kind of thing. Dicey. Yeah. <laughs> and Dicey. then closed a couple years later. And then I think in 17, it was bought by a New York firm that's like gutting and renovating and supposedly reopening it as something. Got it. Micro apartments, apparently. Oh. Whatever that is. Uh, I mean, I can infer, but my guess would be small sub, apartments, sub one thousand <laughs> square foot uh, places in Los Angeles that you can rent for less than twenty five hundred dollars a month. They, yeah, I would guess they're even smaller than that if the word micro starts. That's true. Probably my, like my house isn't that much bigger than that. Less than a thousand. Yeah, my house is like twelve hundred. It's probably like it's probably like less than six hundred. Uh, it opened in or it was built in twenty four nineteen twenty four. It was built for a million dollars. A million dollars. Went pretty far. In 1924. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what that would be in today's money. Uh, things went south pretty quickly. Lots of people just like have died in this hotel. Well, you made for, a bad hotel, bud. <laughs> for a variety of reasons. In the first decade of business, the Cecil Hotel was home to at least six suicides. Oh, that's far too many for mm-hmm. one year. One person jumped out of a window and landed on top of another person and killed both of them. Whoa, don't do that. I don't know if it was an in- intentional, but either way, that's don't do horrific. that. Horrific. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I wasn't implying that it was, but you should still not do that. Um, don't drag somebody down. I, this one is, well, yeah, we'll skip that one. Okay. There, that one's even more horrific than the thing I just said. <laughs> Yikes. Um, uh, at least two serial killers have lived there in the midst of their serial killings. What is this place, man? Mm-hmm. Is this just like a fucking open door to the the wretched? The have you it ever heard of the, like the it. Black Dahlia murder? Yes. Yep. I want that the Josh Hartnett movie, yeah, the Black she, Dahlia. She was a guest at the Cecil Hotel when that happened. Bro. Uh did you hear about the Elisa Lamb thing that happened in twenty thirteen? That does not currently register. A few people have written to us saying that we should do an episode about it, and it's way too big of a bummer and for me. So right. maybe I didn't pass those along to you ever. Uh, mm. A college Canadian college student was staying there and was found dead inside a water tank on the roof after she had been missing for three weeks. And Whoa. there's security camera footage of her like, running into an elevator like she's running away from something and talking to herself and like motioning weirdly as if she's trying to like get something off of or away from her Ugh. yeah so a lot of people have said it's like she was possessed or haunted and i don't necessarily think i agree with that but it's a weird terrible thing that also happened there also drugs and mental illness. I mean, that seems more likely. Mm. It, the one weird slash suspicious part is it's very unclear how she ended up inside the water tank. Yeah, that sounds and also dead. suspicious and strange. Yeah, and it has not ever been resolved how exactly she died and how she mm. ended up in there. Uh, Interesting. But yeah, not a place I would want to hang out in or near. Look, Matt. Let me give you some uh let me give you some words of advice. Yeah, we didn't do a very good job making fun of it. Sorry, bud. Yeah, well, Matt, it, first of all, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it's very make fun of a la It's tough. 
Uh, a lot of those things, all of those things we just mentioned fucking suck real hard. I'm going to give you some advice, Matt. Close your shades. <laughs> quit your job. <laughs> no, no, quit your job. <laughs> Matt, you sound like you have a pretty fucking cool job. Keep your job. Uh, but close your shades and be fucking thankful that you they're not making you stay there, bud. Right. You. I mean, if you... Hey, uh, we're doing a boy shoot. Listen, we rented you all micro apartments. Uh, the micro it's apartments closed. are going to keep you there for a couple months. Uh, you're going to get murdered. The windows, no. the windows don't open. The windows don't open. Fucking, they better not when they rebuild it. If you're editing and mixing, you almost have to be indoors. And as long as you're not indoors... Of that place, you should be fine. You're fine, Matt. You're fine. Just I don't look at it. I wouldn't walk past it, or if you do, like, look up first. Yeah. Or maybe, like, run or when you gotta like, pass it. Or do, like, a just, like, pee on it quick, you know? Like, assert, <laughs> your, do- assert your dominance don't do that. and then run away. Ghosts do not appreciate <laughs> being pissed on. You right. Cops also don't appreciate you pissing on buildings in downtown LA. Yeah, it's LA, though. I don't say that from experience. There's a lot of bathroom in LA that just happens <laughs> everywhere. Did I tell that story? But well, never mind. The time you saw Wally Zerbiak shit on a U.S. bank? No, I, but <laughs> Sorry, I saw Wells Fargo. No, but I saw somebody else on Sunset Boulevard just lean against a car that was definitely not theirs and just use it as a backrest while they shitted into the street. Nice. And that was that was a pretty wild one. How too. do you use it as a backrest and not shit on the car? They doing like a wall uh, sit on it? It was a wall sit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a wall sit. That's man, they must have been strong. Or it, it was a quick shit. I mean, I didn't like. I suppose you don't take your time when I you're shitting on somebody else's car. Yeah. Also, for what it's worth, I didn't stop to like. You didn't uh, be like take notes. Oh, what's this guy doing? I'm take gonna have to stop. I'm gonna take quick. a seat and <laughs> watch this go down. I'm time this shit. <laughs> wow, impressive, man. Nice job. <laughs> it's a world record for y- shitting y- on a camera. Y- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna set the land shit record. I'm gonna send this footage to Guinness, and you're gonna get a plaque, my man. Nice job. All right. Well. Well, maybe we can. Uh, Piss on it in October if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, speaking of October, October 30th, we'll be in Los Angeles. Uh, we're doing a live show at the Satellite in LA. Yeah. And Californians, we'd love to see you. You can get your tickets. We'd love to see anyone. You we'd don't have to live to in California. Anyone. That's true. You can come from anywhere. But uh, Somebody in Pennsylvania bought two tickets the other day. Shut up. Huh? Sick. God, you guys are awesome. Rob, now you have to come so you can carpool with that dude. hey Um... Yeah, it's if you go to whatifpodcast.com slash LA, that's whatifpodcast.com slash LA, uh, you can get your tickets. Uh, it's like two and a half months away now. Yeah, Is that sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Right-ish. Uh, with it being two and a half months away, tickets are already selling and going to keep selling, so uh, we'd love to sell that thing out. And if you want to PayPal us enough money to go to the Clippers game the next night, it's hi at whatifpodcast on PayPal. True com, story. You know, that whole thing. And, uh, yeah, that's a thing we might we'll do. gladly take your money and spend it on a basketball game. Fund our fuckery, which is live from that. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck indeed. Oh, I should have had her do a fund our fuckery one. Yeah. It's too bad I'll never see Lydia again. <laughs> <laughs> JK, we will. She ain't dead. All right, Ryan, you want to talk about... Momo. Oh no. Momo the Missouri monster. Momo. <laughs> oh no. The and you ma- have beautiful hair. <laughs> it's so good alone. <laughs> just alone, it's so good. Uh I can I just say, you know, if you're gonna do branding for a cryptid mm-hmm. using the Missouri MO plus 
I mean, I guess I is it what's the other piece of it? Missouri Monster. Monster. Mo, yeah. Okay. Mo, mo. So Mo Mo. I mean, if you're gonna brand a or cryptid, it could just be like Mo Monster. Like more monster? Mm-hmm. Or his name's Mo. I meant like more. Mo monsters, Mo problems. What about Momo? Momo. Momo Momo. More more Mizzou- Missouri monsters. More Missouri problems. Missouri problems. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly accurate. Uh, but no, it's it, they did a great job of branding their cryptid out there in Missouri. Yeah, Mama, Mama's good. All right. Uh, Momo is a Bigfoot-like creature. He had beautiful hair. Who was seen in Missouri, specifically around Louisiana, Missouri. That's two different states. Well, it's also <laughs> a place in Missouri. It's like 80 miles north of St. Louis. Okay. I've been to Missouri twice. Yep. Yep. I've been I've been multiple times. Once to Columbia when I was in high school. Sick. To pick up a dude on last minute notice. Sick. Once to open for Harmar Superstar in St. Louis. Fantastic. And I saw two cars on fire before the show. That sounds like Missouri. <laughs> two times. St. Louis was a weird town. Uh, t- I've never been to St. Louis. What. I've been to I've been to Kansas City multiple times and I've driven through Missouri. Uh, multiple times on my way to South by Southwest. We stayed in some hotel downtown that was definitely haunted. Cool. Like, very haunted. Like the Cecil haunted or not that bad? It, it felt like it. Ooh. There was a weird stain on the floor. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sure, not today, sure Satan. Was. Not today. <laughs> we survived, barely. All right. Um, the first sighting of Momo was in July of 1971. Okay. When Joan Mills and Mary Ryan were having a picnic off of Highway 79. They were on their way to St. Louis and driving through Louisiana. Okay. Missouri. That, I was going to say that sounds the town, so confusing. When you, the town, yeah, not the state. Nope, got it. Uh, they first noticed a horrific smell <laughs> before seeing something walk out of the woods near the little picnic area that they were eating at. That's just disrespectful. Calling it horrific? Well, That's my wording, not no, theirs. I, I, but I've seen the, I, I saw the like, Often associated with an awful. Well, he's, he's like the southern Bigfoot. He's a skunk ape. Yeah, but well, he's, he's stinky. I mean, he lives in the woods. He's old. How do you? He's got mate, long hair. He lives in the woods. It's probably stinky. Yeah, that'll make you stink. Uh-huh. That'll make you stink. <laughs> no, you're right. All right, carry on. Uh, they saw a tall primate-looking creature walking towards them, making weird gurgly noises. Gross. <laughs> you know that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm a monster. I stink. Uh, quote, it had hair all over its body as if it were an ape. Okay. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. Hey, Yet the face was hair. definitely human, which is just a fucked up sentence. It was more like a hairy human. The, uh, the arms were partially covered with hair, but the hands and the palms were hairless. That's from Mary Ryan. Hands and palms were hairless. As face was hairless. the face. Everything else covered in, in long, beautiful hair. That's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Do, mm, I'm trying to think, like, do gorillas and apes have, yeah, they don't have, they don't have, like, fur on their hands, do they? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe the backs, not the palms, though. And, like, gorillas don't have f- fur on their face, either. Uh, No more than we do. Got beards. Yeah. <laughs> Bearded apes. Wizard beards. Wizard beards. Yo. God. Wizard bearded apes would be 
a great band name. A great band name <laughs> to begin with. And actually, also, Wizard Beard Gorilla might be might be better. Mm, Just it's more fun to say. But Wizard Bearded is a nice. Well, okay. It's hard to say though. You're right. I I guess my my hesitation is around. Do we have anything in nature that emulates this description? But we should keep going. So and they, they saw there. this thing and they said, book that shit, I'm out, and ran to their car. Smart. But, uh, they hopped in the car, closed the doors. Unfortunately, Joan, who was driving and whose car it was, left her purse with her keys in it on the table. You hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you just hate to see it. So this thing sees them, obviously, walks towards the picnic table, sees them run away, and it goes over to the car and hops up on the hood of the car. Uh-oh. How tall is this thing? Did she say how tall it was? They, I couldn't find a, a height quote on okay. it for this specific sighting. There are other height quotes around Momo's. Yes. Though, I couldn't find one from Joan and Mary. Okay. So this thing hops up on their car. They're stuck inside of it. They lock the doors, but they can't drive, drive. and they can't get to their keys without going outside and directly past this thing. Absolutely not. So Joan is smart. And lays on the horn and scares this thing at least off of the car. And she keeps saying the horn and it backs up away from the car and then says, fuck it, that shit's scary. I don't know what it is. I can't eat it. And walks back over to the picnic table where there's food sitting out. Mm. Eats some of the food, picks some more food up and walks back into the woods. Yeah. They wait a few minutes to make sure it's gone, grab the keys, drive away. Do you remember Vine? Yeah. You remember that Vine where the cats the cats walking on the hood of the car and the woman honks the horn. Oh yeah. And then they set it to the tune of let's get it on with the oh, pitching no. of the horn and it's the cat jumping. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I just had a vision of this giant, like seven foot tall, beautiful haired beast getting like whomp, 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 <laughs> like fucking getting scared the shit off the fucking hood of this car as if it were the creature in that. Vibe. I would have just rolled down the window and gave it a get away from here. <laughs> Get get. Do you know the uh, the well? It probably wasn't fine. The YouTube video, the monkey on the car. Monkey on the car. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, they had yeah. a monkey on the car. They should have just told it to fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> I need that little kid saying fuck off. Also, bro, that's I don't pretty know good. How that's taken us three years. I don't know how we haven't gotten the monkey on the car for this <laughs> episode where that would have been most appropriate ever. We're only twenty three minutes in. You want re- you want to start over? Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they actually, once they left and got to St. Louis, like an hour and a half later, went to the Missouri State Highway Patrol and filed a police report. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think anything came of it because what are you going to do? But yeah. they were freaked out and or concerned enough about whatever they saw that they made an official report about it. And still believed enough in what they thought they had seen 90 minutes and, you know. Yeah however many miles later to be like, no, we should probably tell somebody else about that weird right. shit. That, that thing's going to eat someone else. If they don't go do something about it. That's kind of a trip. Yeah. Like that's, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess when we talk about these types of things, often people will be questioning their own validity or their own sanity or their own whatever, or being like, I'm not telling that shit to anybody. That shit was too fucking weird to communicate. Yeah. So for it to be something where they're like, oh no, we as soon ne- as we, we get to, to a someone. big town, we got to tell the, this story far and wide. That's, yeah. that's interesting. So that was July of 1971. 
Uh, a year later, on July 11th, 1972. Can I? Sorry, can I ask a quick question? Yep. Are, is that story? Is that one of those blogspot stories, or is this a little more? A lot of the stuff that I'm pulling for tonight's episode comes from a book called Momo: The Strange Case of the Missouri Monster by Lyle Blackburn. Sweet. And he actually has a bibliography and or slash work cited page in his book. My man. I know. With like close to a hundred references. Let's go, Lyle. Uh, Most of them periodicals, a lot of the local papers, but then eventually several national papers, including the New York Times and Wall Street Journal covered this. Bruh. So it's it's mostly based on uh, reporting from the 70s. Yep. Um, He did a few interviews with some of these people. Um, he cites a couple other investigators who were there as this stuff was happening in the seventies. Sure. Uh, so it's a little better than most of, or yeah. than some of the things we reference here. Yeah. I was going to say like there, there's, we will throw some allegedly's in, but this is already severely more documented than probably 90% of what we talk about. Also shout out to that book. It's really well written. Sick. Uh, I didn't see any typos, grammatical errors, none of the usual shit you find in... How, how low is our bar at this point? <laughs> well, honestly, though, it was refreshing. No, I know, I know. I just, it's, it's, it's sort of sad that we're like, at least I didn't spell it wrong. <laughs> like, shit. Bro. No, I know, I know. <laughs> that's That may be a low bar, but it's also a bar that 90% of the shit we talk about does not Does clear. not meet, yeah. And on top of that, he's actually like a good, engaging writer. Sick. Yeah, it was. I I had a great time reading the whole book. Let's go, Lyle Blackburn. And then my dog chewed on it. So R.I.P. that book. Well, you got got what you needed out of it. Uh, He's like, this book tastes stinky. I'm gonna eat it. That guy on the cover looks delicious. Uh, (laughs) He's one of my yard friends. Let me at him. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. (laughs) If you guys, if you guys got sick of Lydia Sounders last week. Do I have a treat for you this week with o- to, with only two sounders that I'm going to run into? We're about to wear out. Got him and beautiful hair. Got him. So good. July 11th, 1972. Eight-year-old Terry Harrison and his five-year-old brother, Wally Harrison. Remember when you could name a kid Wally? And nobody flinched. <sighs> Terry and Wally. Bro, you show, up to, you show up to elementary or middle school with the name Wally today. It's just like, turn your ass back around. I was... Uh, Waiting outside of the taco spot across the street with my dog Yerp. about an hour and a half ago. Sick. And a little kid came out the door and just made a break for it. Oh, like busting loose? Yeah. Like, fuck off, mom? Yeah, I'm out of here? Yeah, he was like four years old. Sweet. He wanted to go to the laundromat next door. Yeah, I get it. And his mom opens the door and yells, Carl! <laughs> <laughs> and I tried so hard to suppress a laugh and failed. There's a four-year-old running away, and now his name is Carl. He's like, word, lady, word, <laughs> Carl, huh? In 2019, that four-year-old is Carl. Also, all I could think of was the, uh, is it Happy Gilmore? Where where he's making out with, with whatever her name is in the tent. And he goes, Carl! Oh, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I lost it. I, la- I laughed at this little kid running away from his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's real. And she had no idea. She was like, "My child is in danger." And you're like, "Look, you can- his name's Carl. I think he's. I think he's grown. He's gonna be fine. I think he's an adult. You I'm named pretty- him Carl. I'm pretty sure he's 65, and he's gonna be just fine. <laughs> he's just short. Anyway, Terry and Wally were in their backyard, and they heard a growl coming from the woods just beyond their yard. 
Mm-hmm. And then they saw, quote, a huge animal standing upright about 15 feet away from them. Okay. It was human-like, but covered in long black hair, including over its face. He had beautiful hair. <laughs> well, it doesn't say beautiful. Well, I'm just But saying. it was long. It, long, black. Sounds mm. lovely. Long black and covering the face, to me, says a lot more of uh, the ring than anything else. Like the other Momo creature, who we're not going to talk about because fuck that shit. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. When you suggested this episode, that was what I thought you meant. And I was Absolutely like, not. I don't want that grody shit in my <laughs> life. That shit's fucking nasty. So this one had hair over its face. Its hair had grown in the last year, apparently. Sure. And they said, they guessed it was between six and seven feet tall. Okay. As are you. Yep. That's so true. So if you grow your hair out and scare some kids, we could start a lasting story. Look, I used to have long hair and... Uh, I don't really scare kids. Kids actually really like me. I was going to try to make her. Well, like, not with that attitude. I mean, I could scare yeah, kids. Yeah, there we go. I, <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Got him. Oogity boogity motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if I made some weird gargling sounds. Oogity boogity motherfucker. That would have worked. You would scare them, but I don't <laughs> think they would think you were a monster. <laughs> That's true. They would just be like, Mama, that man that sucks. That tall man cursed at me. <laughs> that tall man sucks. And he stinks. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it had no neck and a, quote, huge pumpkin-like head. <laughs> that's disrespectful. That's just, that's just disrespectful. Uh, so far, you, so far, this would still work for you. Nah, <laughs> you got, I don't even have that big of a head. Yeah, you got no neck, though. Nah. Nah. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. It stunk terribly. I got mm. kind of a long neck, honestly. It stunk terribly. I, I mean. We're, we're like five for five here. I try not to. <laughs> had Shit. blood in its fur. Uh, oh, five oh, out of six. Gross. And was carrying a dead animal. All right, I five, mean, five out of seven. If I'm eating something with meat in it, I guess you could carry it around. I got a burrito on me. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I'm carrying around a dead animal. Does your dog know how to play dead? You can just carry it around through no. the woods. Oh. My dog has brought me mices, though, oh, that there you are go. no longer living. That's pretty good. Uh, the, I don't carry them around in my pocket or anything. Well, you, could, but, you could throw them at kids. Scare the shit out of them. Oh, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, go to jail real quick. Also, if I got that dead animal scent on you me, would stink. I, I would be stinky. Mm-hmm. Be a real stinky boy. Yeah, how do they know that he stunk and not the dead animal he was carrying? Sounds like one of those things is significantly more Sounds probable. Like they were prejudiced against tall, hairy guys. And as a tall, hairy guy in this universe, <laughs> I'd like to stand up against this injustice. Got him. So they ran inside and told their 15-year-old sister, who happened to be home at the time. How old were they? They were eight and five. Um, yeah, I know. The, but okay. I, hold on, I'm hold here, on. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. The 15 year old sister who was inside also saw the thing through the kitchen window in their back. Saw it in their backyard through their kitchen window. Okay, and confirmed what they had described. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. The following. I'll allow it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the following night, the family, the whole family. So they, there were three kids, two parents. Heard noises coming from the same woods behind their house, mm. and the dad of the family, Edgar Harrison, along with eight other dudes, went out into the woods to see what was going on. And they burned that motherfucker <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> they did not find anything, but two nights after that, on July 14th, Edgar and 12 other people were standing in his backyard after a prayer meeting. Oh. Dear Jesus. <laughs> Please my yard. protect us from the big feet. My yard. The handsome big feet. <laughs> my yard stinks like Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please take away the devil smell from my yard, dear Jesus? 
Uh, I should have gotten Chuck saying handsome big feet for this one too. <laughs> hey, what up, Chuck? Um, so they were in the in their backyard after a prayer meeting, and they saw several balls of light moving between and above the trees in this. So, like, as far as I can figure, they had a backyard with no neighbors behind it. There was just like woods after a hundred feet or something. I went to high school in one of those houses. You went to high school in a house? Um, You you were homeschooled? I lived in a house (laughs) while I was in high school that had woods behind it. I understand the concept. Cool. Carry on. <laughs> glad you're. you're I got. I got. Glad you're tracking. I'm swallowing this burp real quick. Okay. Yep. You don't have to keep talking. I, Carry I got on. us. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they saw orbs of light moving around in the woods behind their house. Sure. And then from the woods through their neighbor's yard, their next door neighbor's yard. Later that same night, after seeing the orbs, Edgar was now in the backyard by himself. The other 12 people had left. Got it. And he heard a loud growl coming from the woods. I, just for what it's worth, if I'm Edgar and I was seeing... I'm inside by now, yeah, first of all. Balls of light flying yeah. through my yard knowing uh-huh. what my kids have seen. I'm not just out in the backyard fucking we smoking here. a cigar <laughs> like what happens happens. Yeah. You only YOLO once. My name's Edgar and I'm, I'm seeing it through. It was the 70s. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe if he had a shotgun across his lap, maybe I'd allow it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He hears a loud growl come from the woods, and then he hears it repeating and getting closer. Is there anything that growls in woods in Missouri? They probably got bears in Missouri, right? Missouri. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know about that part of Missouri specifically, but they've got some some mountains in the, the Ozarks go through Missouri, right? You know what? You're right. I'm sure there are some bears somewhere. I don't know if there are in Louisiana. It's pretty far north. It's like not too far from the Iowa border. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. a bear or a bear, I guess, would probably be about it. I'm I'm not a wildlife expert, right? The only thing I... I'm not either. The only thing I can think of is like, are there maybe like cougars in the Ozarks or anything like that? Maybe. All right. BRB. Yeah, if you want to... Gotta make a googs. If you want to check. Yep. So he hears this growl getting louder slash coming closer to him. He goes inside, finally, and the rest of his family is coming towards him because they had heard the growl from inside the house. So at that point, they finally decide to get the fuck out of there, and they hop in their car. As they're driving away from the house, they see 40 other people walking down the road towards their house, headed towards the woods because... A bunch of other people in the neighborhood had heard the same thing and seen those weird orb lights. God damn. And they were going like pitchforks and torches to the woods. I was literally just going to say like pitchforks Mm -hmm. and torches, like fucking yikes, bud. Yeah. I I still don't know if I'm like part of that squad. I know for sure I am not. That does not sound like the move to be like, fuck it. Bring a sharp stick. Let's go fuck this thing that we don't know what it is up. Even if there's nothing in the woods, I don't want to be around those other people. Well, there's that. I never want to be in a crowd of people with pitchforks and guns and torches. Uh, Yes to mountain lions in Missouri. Okay. Not... Not tons, but Does that seems mean like no, sightings for sure. Does that mean no bears or we're unsure about bears? Uh, just looked at mountain lions and cougars to begin with. 
Got it. Uh, so these other 40-ish people are moving on foot back towards the Harrison's house. If, oh. I'm, if I'm Edgar, I'm like, yeah, go get him. <laughs> so like, apparently, uh, I know I can't find her name right now, but Edgar's wife slash the kid's mom <laughs> rolled down her window and yelled, there it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Trolling ass motherfucker. Got um, my eyes on that. <laughs> So there was this area behind their house called Marzolf, M-A-R-Z-O-L-F Hill. So there was like a, a some woods and then um, up that went up a hill to a little clearing. Sure, sure. Which seemed to be sort of the focal point of a lot of this activity that people were hearing and or seeing. Got it, got so it. So they were headed in that direction towards Marzolf Hill. Mm. Some of them had guns. Uh, be probably because of that fact, two police officers, John Whitaker and Jerry Floyd showed up to investigate slash make sure no one shot anyone in the woods. I mean, this is like some vigilante mob fucking, yes. like if you don't know that part of the search party ran up 20 feet and you come around a clearing. That's the other thing. You're looking for a human like six to seven foot tall thing in the dark in the woods. Yeah. You're for sure going to shoot your neighbor in the face. Yes. This is a terrible idea, and these people are dumb. Well, <laughs> Carry on. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> those, those 40 people plus two police officers did not find anything that night. But in the following week, the police started getting 10 or more reports per day of people who were seeing some sort of creature in the woods near Marzolf Hill. 10 or more a day? Yeah. And where, sorry, where are we in Missouri right now? This is Louisiana, Missouri. This is, which cannot be that populated. Uh, no, I think like single digit thousands. Although you're probably at a point where you've created enough hype where every bush wiggle and every, every what? Every time like a bush moves, <laughs> I said bush wiggle. I thought. Never mind. Carry on. Every time a bush wiggles <laughs> in your eye line, you're like, oh shit, it's the fucking monster. Go get Like everybody's probably fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. tweaking out every time they see a tree sway or a animal anywhere or whatever. Yeah. When you said tree sway. Tree sway. How sway. I, I imagine sway as like one of the sentient trees from Lord of the Rings mm. with all his branches up in his hat. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I was going to use Bushwiggle as another added to the list, but... I thought you were saying that was like a a person. And I was like, what, what sort of slur did Ryan just say on the show? Oh, you motherfucking Bushwiggle. <laughs> I thought you were like... You're just a dirty Bushwiggle. <laughs> Stop. It sounds horrible. <laughs> you just kicked I, off uh, iTunes. I like it. <laughs> I don't. Let's just assign it to like people nope. from Wisconsin and then we can go from there. <laughs> Let's start with like Edina or something. Dirty bush Stop. <laughs> so they were getting ten or more reports per day of something hanging out on Marzolf Hill. Okay. So by the nineteenth, uh, this started on July twelfth. So a, a week later, black bears only. By the way. Okay. In well, Missouri. Well. Yeah, but sort of. But sort of. Fits. Seven feet tall, though. Uh, back, black bears on their back legs. That's tough to say. Could probably be a six plus. They said six to seven feet. Yeah. A black right, bear standing right, up right. has got to be six feet tall. Yeah, you're probably right. Those are those are some long boys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um a week later on the nineteenth, the police actually organized a search. 
with eight police officers and 12 others, including some people from the DNR and a couple of reporters, did a search of the Marzolf Hill area for about three hours and didn't come up with anything. Uh, no sightings, no tracks, no weird sounds, no weird smells. Couldn't find anything. However, some citizens of Louisiana, Missouri were pissed because they searched from like 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they believed that this thing, whatever it was, was nocturnal because it had only been seen and heard and smelled at night so far. Oh, I see. So they thought the police may have, uh, may have goofed on their search. Well, he's in his hole. In his, if you come, in his cave, perhaps. If you come back at 1 a.m. There are thousands of caves in Missouri. See, that's crazy. I, exactly. What lives in those caves? Handsome big feet, perhaps. Momos with beautiful hair. <laughs> Certainly at least one. Word. Um, the next night on the 20th, Richard Crow, who was reporting for Fate Magazine, which if anyone has a lead on getting old copies of Fate Magazine, mm. send us an email, please, at hi at whatifpodcast.com. Is this like a retro paranormal cryptid-ass yeah. magazine? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. They covered some wild shit in some, in some wild ways back That's in the day. That's pretty cool. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, so he camped out on the hill on the night of the 20th, so eight days after this uh, initial report from the Harrisons. Oh, so they went right there. They were like, hey, some shit's going down. We're about... Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, cool. And I don't know if they were aware of the, of the report the f- previous summer- of the from 1971 of the thing jumping on the the women's car. Yep. Um, or if they just got hopped on this one quickly, but yeah, he was there on the 20th, camped overnight on the hill. He smelled something weird a couple times, yeah. and saw another uh, like public campsite that looked like it had been disturbed, and like some trash cans were overturned and stuff. But okay, didn't see or hear anything. Out of the ordinary. Okay. Animals rifle through trash all the time. Yeah, like, that was just going to say, like, I can't, I can't do much with that. No, no, no. Short version is he didn't find anything. Got it. Uh, two weeks later, on August 3rd, Bill Sudarth, S-U-D-D-A-R-T-H, okay. Sudarth, found some tracks in his backyard, in his garden. There were four large three-toed tracks, and his friend Clyde made a cast of one of them. Mm. Um, If you Google Momo, it's one of the first things that will come up. Momo tracks. It's uh, it looks like a heel imprint, and then three, I'm assuming toe imprints out in front. It's a sloth, and it looks like it's probably, I don't know, maybe twelve to fifteen inches. Okay. So like a, a, a very large person foot hmm. or slightly outside of the range of large people feet. Okay. Um, all of this started to add up and it was covered locally in a bunch of like the local papers uh, multiple times. Also got picked up by the Chicago Tribune, New York Times and Wall Street Journal. Damn. So in the summer of 72 briefly became a, a national story. That's crazy. Yeah. At the same time that all this- Momo, you crazy. (laughs) You crazy out here, Momo. Get away from here. Get. Uh, At the same time all this was going on, there was a huge uptick in UFO sightings in and around Louisiana, Missouri. 
Interesting. On July 26th, multiple witnesses saw a fireball land on top of a large tree. Quote, two red spurts of light shot out from it before it zoomed out of sight. Whoa. There were more reports each of the following three nights of hovering colored lights about the size of an apple that were, quote, signaling back and forth to each other. I don't exactly know what that means. If it's like Mm. flashing on and off or changing colors or how the signaling is to be interpreted. Yeah, I was going to say that seems generous to say that something is singling back and forth to something else. That's obviously an interpretation. Yeah, but... But okay. I'd be curious to know what they actually observed. Right. Lois Shade, who is Edgar Harrison's sister, Edgar Harrison being the dude who first saw the thing in his backyard and yep. organized the, the search party. Yep. She saw a disc-shaped object hovering over the top of a bluff near her home. Huh. It was orange at first, then changed colors to red and gray. And it had what she thought were lighted windows around, like, the outside rim oh, of it. Oh, interesting. She said it hovered for several hours wow. before glowing red and then shooting straight up into the sky. Sick. I don't know how you see a UFO for several hours and don't take photos of it. But this was the 70s, though, right? Yeah, but they had cameras in the 70s. Yeah, but... You or one of your neighbors can't round up a camera in three hours? Four hours? You know, I thought this was going to leave, but hey, hey, Paul. By, by hour three, you don't go find your camera? Paul, can you bring your, I just need one, just one <laughs> snap of it. Uh, the, July 14th in Canton, Illinois, which is just on the other side of the Mississippi from uh, Louisiana, Missouri. Okay. So Louisiana is on the Missouri the Mississippi is the border of Missouri and Illinois at the at that part. Yep, got you. So Louisiana is on the Missouri side of the of the river. Canton is just on the Illinois side. So they're got it. Whatever, a couple miles apart. They're the Minneapolis and St. Paul of exactly small towns in Missouri and Illinois. Yes, uh, there were multiple reports of UFOs in Canton, Illinois, on the fourteenth on July twenty first. Two balls of fire landed in a cow pasture in Bowling Green, Missouri, which is 12 miles south of Louisiana. Well, I'd rather not. See fireballs land in your cow pasture? That seems a little dicey to me. No, I'm not. I would not be a fan. Multiple witnesses reported a nauseating odor. What? And a series of grunting and screaming noises in the area of the fireballs. Fuck off. Can you fucking imagine? Not only do you see a fire, two fireballs land in your yard essentially you go outside it stinks like hell and then you hear screaming coming from the area and grunt sounds i mean what do we got we get got away from here get away from here <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah what do we got like fucking we got, interstellar interdimensional bigfoot uh yeah i mean what the fuck dang that's just science <laughs> Fucking landing on the planet and hiding in the woods and trying to fuck with people. I really don't know. Sticking up the dimension. (laughs) Motherfucker. What if that's his whole mission? Just to stink shit up. Uh Uh-huh. This dimension smells too good. Where I come from. Fuck your scent. (laughs) Fuck your scent. Just gonna send it. Yeah. 
Gotta send my scent. Oop. Here. Take this. Hold this. Hold this scent for me. I mean, like, but really, though, like... myself out. Yeah. <laughs> but really, though, like, if that fucking happens anywhere near you, what the fuck are you expecting? Like, like, what you, the fuck is that? You know when, like, a cat will come and rub itself on your, on your ankle and... <laughs> It kind of seems like they're being cute, but you know it's like putting its scent on you. Yeah. Maybe that's what Momo was doing. He came from another dimension to be like, hmm, this I, one's mine now. I claimed I, it. I guess. I rubbed my stinky self on it. Got to hop back in my spaceship. That's wild. Yeah. That's a wild, I mean, this is like a very wild combination of things. Yeah. Any of these things isolated or independent is interesting. All wrapped up in one thing is fucking weird as balls. The majority of the sightings died down by the end of 72. Okay. So it was mostly concentrated or was the most concentrated over the summer of 1972, both in terms of Momo sightings and UFO sightings. And then so it, it was seems, just like a two-year period of weirdness? I mean, it was ish. mostly like three months. Oh. I because thought, okay. the first thing was in, in July of 71, but then there wasn't anything for like a year. Yep. Then we had this big flap of both Momo and UFO sightings. Right. Or July, August of 72. Right. And then it kind of faded out. Yeah. Which in some ways, you know, probably lends credibility to the hysteria yeah. version of things. But at this point, maybe uh, we can run through some of the possibilities. Fuck yeah. We've, we've kind of hit a lot of them, but um, let's start with a bear. Yes. There are bears in the area. Yes. Black bears specifically, which would seem to match some of the descriptions. Yep. I mean, bears do occasionally stand on and or walk on their hind legs. They do. We've talked is, about this on the show. It is something they're capable of. If you have not seen it before, it looks really weird. It does. And it's like sad because they're not supposed to, and it's generally got something to do with... Really? Well, yeah. I didn't know that. Why? What? They're not supposed to? What do you mean? Uh, It usually means that they've had uh, damage done to their front paws, usually from human interaction. Really? Which prevents How would them a human damage a bear's paws? Bear traps, largely. Uh, huh. Otherwise, um, barbed wire or fencing or things like that where they try to get through things and damage mm. their front paws to the degree that they feel like they can't walk on four legs, and then they end up walking on their hind legs to prevent themselves from putting pressure on their fronts. Huh. Not always. I mean, obviously, like they're able to pop up on their hind legs to go like, and reach something grab something or, high. Yeah. But if they're walking around like that, it's usually because there's been damage under their front paws. Huh. And the primary reason for that is generally human interaction. So I'm sure somebody who reported a Momo sighting saw a bear. Sure. I don't think it can explain all, all of it, though. Especially, well, especially the incident with... The, from 1971 with the car. If you yeah. have a bear on the hood of your car, you're going to identify it as a bear. Not no as matter a pumpkin-headed, how... long, beautiful-haired, seven-foot-tall... With a human face. Yeah, that's not... You don't, you don't mistake else. a bear for that at a distance of... No. I mean, if, if something's on the hood of your car when you're in it, you're two feet away from it. Right. Tops. Right. You could identify a bear. Yeah, that doesn't feel right. 
Even if you had never seen one up close before, you're going to know that's a bear. Yeah. And you're also, not going to go file a police report about it. I was, that's what I was just about to say was like, and you're not going to wait for an hour and a half and still not go like, well, that was really intense. Would that, you know, it kind of looked like a bear. Maybe it was like, you're not going to figure that out. You're going to be right. like, that was so fucked up and so strange that we have to tell the police about it. I mean, so yeah, with the, you know, with like the two kids in the yard, yeah, okay, right. maybe. You hear a growl and you see a bear on its hind legs right. and you're five and eight. Right. Sure. Sure. That could be a bear. Yep. Um, it also obviously doesn't explain the UFO stuff. No. It's also, I don't think, safe to assume that these two things are related in any way. These might be probably are totally separate things, whatever the explanation for both of them is. I mean, yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, that's the most most likely explanation at least. Sure. Or, situation sure um next most prosaic explanation is that this was hoaxed somehow um again i think it's possible that some of this stuff could have been yeah and in the case specifically of the footprints uh or the tracks that were were that we have casts of um i can't remember name gail sudarth the eight at the time, eight-year-old girl, uh, daughter of Bill Siddharth, Siddharth, whatever, um, later admitted to making those tracks. Oh. And once it caught on, being too scared to say anything about it. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So there for sure is some element of people like getting caught up in this story. Interesting. Especially in a, you know. A relatively small town. I'm sure everyone was aware of it. You've got a national news story coming out of right a town of I think it was like five thousand people or so in the seventies. Yeah. You got you got kids who, you know at school, I'm sure all this stuff is is going around. Right. But some elements of the hoax really don't make any sense. Like, why would you do it, first of all? Yeah. When you when the second night you have a bunch of people with guns coming out into the woods you're not going to rethink this yeah shit's getting a little real you're going to go out the next like nine nights in a row and do it again right at at risking getting shot you for know, what right and then a lot of and like, a lot of this didn't even turn into anything no none of it did yeah it just kind of went away no you one know, no one made any money off of it right. no one got famous off of it Right, the town probably had a little tourism boost for a while, but but it but it's not like it's you know we've talked about a lot of these stories where there are towns that make a make a whole fucking thing out of a single incident, you right. know, like and there is some element of that here, like they they played it up, sure, some of the local stores and restaurants and stuff like you know yeah at a momo burger and like, shit like that but, but like but like a a cheeseburger in your small town is like you know that's different than being like we've got a yearly momo festival and we sell momo figurines and right. we, you know and it doesn't seem like it's taken that Although, level of who knows if that's what they were going for and it just didn't work also yeah that's fair that's fair i you know i, I would i know there's probably some uh some 
you know, logistical and ethical constraints around what I'm about to say right now. Uh-oh. But I feel like it would be fascinating. Not gonna, you can't call anyone any names, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. No more. Uh, Don't just keep. Should right. be brought up. All right. You, know, we'll, you can <laughs> rewind if you want to hear it. Uh, I feel like it would be interesting for, and maybe this exists and I just haven't looked hard enough or found it, but I think it would be interesting for someone to do a scientific study or set of research around the ability for hoaxes to catch and how far they spread based on certain criteria. I bet someone has done a study like like that. Like, do they like how far does something carry if it's uh, hearsay verbal? How far does something carry if there's physical evidence? How much does it carry if there's video evidence? How much does it carry if there's photographic evidence but not but you know like there would be uh, so many variables that I know. it would be hard to get any sort of specificity but. I know but but I feel like someone could do uh I'm trying to spread a crazy rumor spread a crazy story and I want to see how far I can do it ba- I mean like I just mean it'd be hard to do it in any like scientific kind of way because yeah not in any you truly never scientific way for any one variable but true but I just I think I think it would be fascinating to know what um if there would be a way to quantify the ability for the human community to latch onto something and then yeah. bolster something that it's like, yeah, we just lied about this to start with. And it took on this life of its own and became a completely like separate thing. Well, there've been some studies and I don't know how formal or scientific they're, they've been, but linking people's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? people's uh, ability to or likelihood to believe in conspiracy theories mm-hmm. tied to other beliefs. Oh, sure. Or other just like personality and traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just maybe sort of getting at that. I know a conspiracy theory and like something like Momo. Yeah. Mass hysteria, rumor mongering stuff is not exactly the same, but maybe is like happening in the same part of the brain at least. Yeah, I see yeah, I see where you're heading with that. And that's true. Like there like there are people who have tried to tie like how conspiratorial are you as a person to you know what other things do you think or believe or do or where you from? TV channels or, do you watch? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh okay, so I'm sure some of these reports or some elements of these reports were the result of hoaxes or and or I think we could probably put it in that same category like people wanting to be in on it, right, like right, playing along or what you know, right. Everyone in my town is saying they saw this thing. Yeah, yeah. I also saw this thing, but it looked like this, or I saw it over here. You see the leprechaun say yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but on the other hand. Some of these people, specifically Doris Harrison, who was the 15-year-old older sister of the two kids who originally saw this thing, who saw the thing out of her back window. Right. She's still around. She did an interview with mm, some travel channel show, like Destination Unknown or something like that, uh, within the last couple of years and said, like, yeah, that's what I saw, and I still don't know what it was. And And it was weird. And No, I didn't make it up. Like, my whole family saw this thing. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Also, I'm kind of sick of talking. Like, she didn't seem 
She wasn't trying to get anything out of it. She's never written a book or anything like that. Yeah, she's not touring her story. Yeah, it's just a weird thing that happened to her when she was 15 that now right. at, at 50-whatever, she still can't explain. I don't know. And that, you know, I know we say this sometimes, or we say this semi-regularly, but that to me is always one of those things that lends so much credence to these stories is people who are of relatively an adult age when they had something happen, they maintain their story for going on 40 years to a degree that they're willing to acknowledge that like, yes, it happened. And yes, I still believe it, but not to the degree of this happened. And I still believe it because I make $120,000 a year by selling books and uh, doing yeah. speaking agreements and panels and all the fucking bullshit that comes with a lot of the shit that we talk about. And in some ways she has a, a strong incentive to like not talk about it. Right. The, the, and the antithesis is often true that like, if you own this shit and you fucking say this shit, you now, look now a little the, goofy. The Bigfoot lady. Right. Yeah. You're the you're the oh yeah, that's that girl in Missouri that fucking saw a big pumpkin head with furry hair. Cool, right. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Enjoy getting a job because people are gonna believe and that you're a real person. I think I don't have a quote, but I think Lyle Blackburn interviewed her as part of his research for the book too. I think it was from there, but she said paraphrasing something along the lines of like yeah, it was right around my birthday, and it was actually really annoying because every July, people would bring it up again. Wow. And as a kid, I hated it because it was my birthday, but people wanted to talk about the pumpkin-headed thing I saw in the backyard. Yeah. Dan, that's such a real... Yeah, I love that. That's such a real human, like, anecdotal... And, like, age-specific yeah. uh, interaction with that, too. Totally, you know? totally. Uh, okay, the two really out-there ones, and then... We'll wrap it up. Yep. Aliens. I mean, if you're falling out of the sky like a fireball, stinking up my field. Grunting and, and screaming. <laughs> grunting and screaming and trying to eat my picnic. It sounds... So what you're saying is Lindo was right? Well, now? Yeah. When she told us about the UFOs dropping off the Bigfoots. How dare you? And cutting our cats in half. He was carrying, How a, de dare he was carrying you? a dead animal. How dare you? Might have been a cat. Might have been in two halves. Uh, she said it was lasers, though, and these guys don't seem like they're lasers. Fireballs, bro. It's not a laser. Well, eh. It's different. Um, okay. Stay with me for one second. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If you got to ask me to stay I with know. you, it's... I don't know. It would sort of make sense if you were going to another planet. Okay. And... We're specifically interested in the biology of that planet. Okay. And we're capable of biologically engineering things to create something that might be able to exist on that planet. Uh, let me say back to you what I think you just said yep. to see if what you if said is what I tracking. think you said. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You're quick saying... Quick comprehension check. Yep, quick comprehension check. You're saying... That aliens would go, what lives there? I don't know. Humans, monkeys, apes, gorillas. They seem like they're in charge. They seem like they're the smartest beings in this whole thing. We got to take a form of a thing that's going to be relatively like okay around that thing. So we're going to show up as that thing? Not quite. I'm saying the aliens may have designed something like that as like a uh as like a as, as like a drone mm. 
as like a, a research vehicle. Like a, they'll never they'll never guess that we're not normal if we're not saying that that thing is an alien, but it may be a, a, of alien creation. Okay. That's all the time we need to spend on that theory. Just yeah, want to put it out I, there. It it is one of those that goes. Uh, you and I talked about this, I think, off air not that long ago, but about the whole idea of like if if something were smart enough to send a thing here to be a thing that needed to investigate us, it they would probably be smart enough to identify what that thing could or should be or look like in order to not create the level of no you're right what the fuck that this thing is that is the the obvious counter to that idea yes um but but i'll but i'll allow it as a an option here uh last one interdimensional bigfoot i mean if we're talking about likelihoods so (laughs) in some ways or with some caveats this one makes the most sense to me sick uh, it, <laughs> I like that you just exasperated yourself well, by having to be like, I'm about to defend this, aren't there I? There are a lot of caveats, but we, under a very specific set of unlikely circumstances, this one would make perfect sense. If there are other dimensions, and some people smarter than I think that there might be. Sure. Like Chuck. <laughs> well, yes, for one. He's got a speed. But also like actual physicists. Uh, He's a doctor. Of holistic massage, which yes. is slightly different than physics, but let that man live. Either way, he is smarter than me. I'll give you that. Preach. Um, there would be a lot of slash an unlimited amount of weird stuff that existed in those other dimensions. Yes. Perhaps an infinite amount of weird shit. Yes. And it would mean that there's also some like very slightly weird stuff in those dimensions. Yes. Like something that looks kind of like a bear and kind of like a gorilla. Right. With a sort of humanish face. Yeah. And this kind of goes to the point of like when Chuck was talking about dimensions that are a stack of books where like the one next to the one that you're in There's is the a one couple that's things different, closest one thing to different. the one that you're in. So it would look or feel similar-ish, but it would be weird enough to be like, the fuck? It it obviously creates a bunch of issues on a, like, physics level. But yeah, I mean, it also solves some of the issues of the paranormal in terms of why don't we ever have hard evidence of this stuff? Yeah. Well, it's not really here. We're yep. seeing something that exists on a different plane, and we're just getting a glimpse of it for a second. Yep. We're just hearing a weird growl. We can't even see the thing. Or we're seeing a thing, and then it just blinks out or disappears. Yep. Or we're smelling a smell, <laughs> even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Maybe it would explain why we can't ever get like good photo or video of these things, because they're not physically here in the way right. that you and I are physically here. Right. Um, we have other similar stories, for whatever that's worth, of like... The Skinwalker Ranch stuff of literally a Bigfoot walking out of a portal on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Matt, I take all things Skinwalker Ranch with several grains of salt, yep. but like similar stories are out there. Yep. And it would kind of or could potentially be like an all-encompassing theory of the paranormal. Because there would be dimensions where we have tech that is different from ours where there are little creatures that look 
sort of like us, but with big heads and big eyes, and they're three and a half feet tall. Yeah. There might be other dimensions that are exactly like ours, and there are humans that look exactly like us, and that's what we call ghosts. Yeah. It could be like sort of an explanation for all of that shit. Yep. But it's also not an explanation at all because we don't know what the fuck it is. And if you're looking at it from an actual physics level on like a many worlds hypothesis level, part of that hypothesis is prohibits prohibits them from interacting with each other. Right. They're also not that this is the main problem with this theory. There, but, are, there are several. But there are multiple issues. Multiple issues, bro. We gotta. Uh, the one of the main things that I always wonder about as it relates to this theory is if if something out there is close enough from a universe perspective to you know it's it's rubbing up against us so closely and so intensely that it can bleed in in these interesting ways mm-hmm. how or why don't we have as plentiful stories about us rubbing up against and going into other dimensions where we see well what would be the difference in that moment where you see a creature not of this earth are you in its dimension or is it in yours and what would be the difference i guess my take would be it's in ours because we are seeing what we're seeing as a backdrop with that entity being separate from what we understand our current abilities as a place to be follow-up question in that moment okay so if that is what's happening yes in that moment does that thing know it's in our dimension yeah i guess that's a fair question or is it a, a two-way mirror situation that's a fair question like is it we're observing it but it does not know it's being observed that's a fair question. I guess interactivity is always the interesting part of that. Like if you're on top of my car eating my food off my picnic table, my guess would be well, that you are Yeah, it doesn't explain that one very well. You are <laughs> you are well accommodated with the situation that you were inside of. Not not that doesn't explain many, if not and we're getting bigger than the story also, we're talking about right now, but real quick, if we take it a step farther Perhaps there are portals that allow full crossover into another dimension. Yes. Would we know if another person fully crossed over into another dimension? I mean, not necessarily. I guess. Would that person even know until much later, if ever? I guess. Because if we're going on like the every single individual choice that every single person makes and there are literally like changes everything and there are literally infinite numbers of. Yeah dimensions or realities or universes or whatever. Yeah. The one right next to us would be exactly the same except for one thing, right? It would be uh, ind- uh, yeah. indistinguishable for all intents and purposes from our own. Yeah. I guess my take or my thought would be if if the beings are in or around the adjacent dimension are different enough for us to see them as adjacent but different and that they have crossed over into our physical space. My thought would be that we would have stories of people who are our beings who have crossed over into their physical space, which would be 
as different but similar as their beings are different but similar. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I, I was with you for like 90% of that, and then I started thinking about one other thing for one second, yeah, and, I, and you, I tried yeah, to check yeah, back no, in, fair. and I was, I was gone. I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is like, if the if the backdrop is ours, but the being is different, yeah. I would presume we would have a lot of stories where we are the being that is perceived to be normal in our minds, but the backdrop is different. If we came if back. We, if we crossed over in the same ways that they're crossing over into our space. See, what I'm saying is this also explains the missing 411 shit. Mm. They don't come back. They're going over. Mm-hmm. And they're... and they're Or they do come back and it's the kid who's like, no, nah, I was with that bear for a week. Yeah. Because in their world... Bears are lovely, caring creatures. That's the only difference. It's Grandma Bear. Mm-hmm. It's a robot grandma. You ever watch Fringe? Yeah. This universe is the same, except my my grandma's a robot. Yeah. Do you ever see Fringe? Nope. Mm. It's about like two different dimensions. Oh. Everything's the same, except they got blimps in one. Word. Blimps, the, that one, the, the one that caught on fire. The and, Hindenburg? Yeah. Yep. And we didn't make blimps anymore after that one because yep. we all got scared. Yep. That didn't happen. Blimps won out in that dimension. Word. Mm-hmm. So that's how they do everything. Yeah. So you just got to look up and you'd be like, is there a blimp around here? All right, I know where I am. That's how they would do like the, whenever they had to change back and forth between the dimensions. Oh, that was really how they did yeah. it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. They would just be, they'd be like in Manhattan, but you could see a blimp in the background. And you're like, all right, bet. I know where right. I am. Like there would be planes in the sky all the time here. And now you just, in this situation, we need to be able to look at the top of a car and be like, is there beautiful hair monkey. on a big beast up there? <laughs> monkey on the car. Monkey. Monkey. I'm, I'm in dimension off. 23C. Fuck off. <laughs> With your beautiful hair, <laughs> fuck off. All right, dude. I think we solved it. All right. We did it. We've got it. We've done it. We've done it again. <laughs> We've done it again. What if podcast.com slash LA? I'm going to be real sad if it's just the two of us talking to. Portress. It doesn't sound like it's about to be. So uh, I know we've sold a few tickets. I'd like to sell several hundred more. Yeah, let's do it. Y'all, uh, y'all uh, go to whatifpodcast.com slash LA. Go, go snag your tickets for October 30th at the Satellite Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, if you don't know, now you know you're only getting half as much what if as you could be getting if you're just listening to this show. We big do an, trash. Big trash. <laughs> if you're getting half. Uh, we do double the episodes. We do two episodes every single week. If you go to patreon.com slash what if podcast for just five bucks a month, you get four additional episodes. That's the second episode every single week, uh, right into your podcast player that way. If you want to leave us an email, excuse me. If you want to leave us a voicemail, it's uh 612-246-4614. Send us an email at hi at what if podcast.com. Yeah. You'll, you can be just like Matt or Matthew or any of our friends that hit us up that way. Uh, Fucking, we're about to hit 400 <laughs> reviews on iTunes. We hit a million downloads last we week. We hit bro. a million downloads because you guys are fucking awesome and we love you. Life is a beach that'll suck me in the car, punch me in the heart, then love me even more. Who gonna ride with me? I'm finna go. I'm finna go. I'm finna.